The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. From Herd at Sports, here's a hot take with Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers. It's hot takes with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports. DB, welcome back. It's been three years since Nebraska's won consecutive conference games, and that happened over the weekend—a 14-13 win against Rutgers. Rutgers, uh, not the most impressive showing from this Nebraska group, but they showed some resilience coming back in the second half and uh, holding Rutgers to no points and outscoring them 14-0. Yeah. Neither team had more than 350 yards total offense. But I think if you go back to the preview, we kind of thought it was going to be a grudger, kind of back and and forth and a little bit of a slog fest. And neither offense could really kind of get it going. And I think ultimately it turned out to be Nebraska skill guys uh, and and some savvy quarterback play <laughs> that, that got them over yeah. the top. I mean, just a couple more playmakers in an otherwise even game. I mean, both teams – Abysmal on third down, you know, Nebraska 4-14, Rutgers 4-15. Uh, that's just not going to get it done. And Not in the uh, Big Ten against no. better Big Ten teams. No, Rutgers somehow outrushed Nebraska. Uh, a lot of it had to do with what was going on in the first half. 115 to, I think, 72 was the net yards. And so it was just not a lot of ebb and flow, but a whole lot of punting and – a, a lot, you know, time of possession was relatively even. It was just, it was a grind. I mean, it was about what you thought you were going to get on a Friday night in Piscataway. Not really surprised by the fact that Rutgers did outrush Nebraska. All week, you'd have to expect the Scarlet Knights to be preparing for a heavy rush attack from Nebraska. And when that was shut down, now Nebraska had to turn to throwing the ball more and more effectively, which they did in the second half in particular. But that just goes to show a, a, a great check mark in the box with Greg Schiano and, and the rest of that uh, Rutgers team in that defense of, hey, we are one of the best defenses in the country. And there, I don't think there's anybody doubting that now uh, with how much they hold offenses in check. Uh, but great work by Mickey Joseph and the rest of the staff to reconvene after a lackluster first half uh, by the offense to really help charge a comeback win. Yeah, I think that was kind of the key. If you're looking for some silver linings, obviously, when you're looking at the actual play, there's hard to have some takeaways. But you're looking if you're looking at resolve and fortitude and 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 another game in succession that Nebraska ordinarily would find a way to lose, well, then you can start to stack some wins together, and they're two thirds of the way to doing something that they have never done. Uh, under this current, the bodies that remain with this current coaching staff, and that's win three games in a row and put yourself in the opportunity to win back-to-back Big Ten road games in consecutive weeks. Now, you can't get away with how they played against any other team in the Big Ten, though. You just can't, especially on the rest of the schedule. they got to play better. They have to to be better. better. Have to be, especially against Purdue, who is also – Two and one in the Big Ten West, one of three teams, and uh, Illinois is now ranked, and they get them in a later week. So as we go through the season, you have 
I don't want to say this, but I think it's the the obvious. You the easy wins are out of the way now. Everybody else on paper coming into the season was better than you. Now, I will hold that thought whenever it comes to Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Like, you know, those are games that could go either direction. You show up ready to play, you could win that game. Correct. The only probable loss is Michigan at this point. But aside from that, you know, you you could do anything against Illinois this year. I know they're ranked, but you could be that team that finally gets to Illinois. Yeah, and a Purdue team that, that listen, they're they're playing well, but is not without some concerns of their own. I mean, anybody not named Durham, uh, they're going to have to find a way to get the ball to. I think they had 370 you know, yards or something like that against Maryland, which isn't um, spectacular. They only rushed the ball for 13 yards against that Terrapin defense. So it's not all rainbows and butterflies for those guys in West Lafayette if you're a Nebraska fan because they can be had. But Aiden O'Connell has managed the games mm-hmm. well. He's he's a 10-4 to 4 TD to touchdown inter- interceptions guy, stone for 1,600 yards. Uh, he's a veteran. It seems like he's been there for about seven, eight years. Uh, and, and Brom is a tremendous play caller. So Nebraska has their work cut out for them. And then – and Purdue seems to be a little bit more committed to running the football. They had 34 carries last week uh, against Maryland, even though they weren't having a ton of success. They only ran it uh, for a net 13 yards. So they'll have to figure that part out. But this isn't a team without its own warts. I think Charlie Jones is due for a breakout game, too, uh, on the wide receiver side of things. So that's going to be a big watch for whoever's matching up against se- him. Se- seven targets a week ago with just the three completions for 15 yards got to find a way to be more productive you do but at the same time the way that Nebraska's secondary is starting to shape out uh the guys that were in those roles to start the season are getting mixed opportunities and and, and who knows if they're going to get a healthy Quentin Newsom it does not look good so you may get more and and Herzog to start at the cornerback spot that's not a ton of depth Braxton Clark is probably on deck uh, so Nebraska is vulnerable in the secondary now, especially now considering, you know, a guy like Tommy Hill, not even listed on Nebraska's defensive depth chart and has kind of tried to make the transition to offense. I mean, who knows what's going on, especially with Nebraska being down Isaiah uh, Garcia Castaneda in the wide receiving core may open up a spot. Let's go back and address the elephant in the room now. What's it going to take? for Mickey Joseph to stand a chance at getting the head coaching job for years to come. Now, I just think he's, they've got to continue to to show signs of improvement. I don't necessarily think it's about, in its totality, wins and losses. I mean, that's not a hot take. Right? <laughs> I think a lot of people um, would operate under that, that assertion. But I think for Nebraska to continue to show resolve, to continue to be organized, and to find ways to win, he knows clearly that that he's auditioning for Nebraska's head coaching job, and I think, uh, I think it would it would it would serve us well. It would behoove us, if you will, and the media to not have every week be a referendum on kind of his coaching acumen and whether he can win the job or not. But um, I, I think for them to to seriously take a look at at Mickey Joseph, like I know they're doing, he's got to continue to what to do what he's doing have good control of the program, and instill confidence in his players that every time out they have a chance to win, 
because that has sorely been lacking in this program. And, and AR, let's not kid ourselves. This, this is a team that uh, in the Big Ten West that will have every opportunity to be in football games, at least up to this point. Yeah, I think it's three things. I think it's smarts, for one. Um, he, he's an uber smart dude. Uh, but aside from that, it's seeing what's on paper right now and being able to work with that. And he's proven that this year so far. Then I think it's commitment, commitment to the program, somebody that can be a long-term commit in the coaching role. That's, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. That's why I think it could work with Matt Rule or it could not work with Matt Rule after the news of him being fired by the Panthers. He's a proven college winner. Everybody knows that. He did that at Temple. He did that at uh, Baylor. He, to he's me... Got, he's got two of their three 10-win seasons in the program's history at Temple. He, to me, is the number one option that people should be looking at right now because Ooh, of that. Okay, hot take. I don't so, know if I can agree with that. So here we go. I look at this one of two ways. He's the type of guy that either stops at a gas station, pumps gas, and then leaves. That, that two-year in, and then I'm going to go do something else. Or... Uh, his resume of being a bona fide program builder, and that's what he is, which we saw at Baylor and Temple. Either way, I think it's a win for Nebraska. Now, where I go with my thought process here is he did the the stairway to heaven, right? He did the, I started a smaller college, yeah. I go to a bigger college, I go to the NFL. It didn't work. It didn't work for him. So now I think he's drinking a glass of humbleness and saying, oh, maybe it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows up here at the best stage of football. Maybe I'm meant to be in college. So now you could look at it as, oh, Matt Rule's not taking that next step. Maybe he's like, I'm looking for my home now, mm. once again. And that could be Nebraska. Now, when he was taking the job at Baylor, he also got offers to go to Oregon, right? But he took the job at Baylor because he looked at the opportunity, I think, and I could be wrong. I've, I could be, you know, just putting— You're not hanging out with Matt Rule? No, I'm not hanging out with Matt Rule on the regular. I wish I, it, I, wish I was. While he's getting gas? Yeah, while he's getting gas. Uh, maybe I took a walk to the gas station. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lupe. <laughs> but uh, going to a school in Texas, that just screams in-state recruiter to me. Andy— doubled down on that by hiring Texas coaches to help him mold the team at Baylor. He also has the black shirt mentality, the mentality that Nebraska fans love and adore. His defenses are always the cream of the crop, wherever he's at. Plus, coming to Nebraska, the booster support, the fan support, uh, that's enough to bring some of the best recruits to the, to the Cornhusker state on its own. But now you add in Matt Rule to the mix? Mm-mm. I'm I'm thinking things are uh, things are going okay. I may be overreacting to the news of Matt Rule being on the market, but that's just those are things that I'm I've been thinking about over the course of the last 48 hours. Yeah, I mean there, he checks a lot of the boxes, but I'll pump the brakes only because I think Nebraska has to keep all options open. Uh, whether I would make him the number one guy or not, I probably wouldn't up to this point. Um, but I, but I do think one thing is pretty important. I don't, I don't think uh, the university and the fan base is, is in any position to kind of thumb their nose up at, at, at coaching candidates uh, in their totality and to poke holes at folks' records if they have been proven winners. Now, 
where I think I kind of get a, I scratch my head a little bit is, you know, up to what point do we want a winner? I mean, if we haven't taken a look at our own program and kind of seen where we've been in the last 10 years, I, I think we got to take a good hard look at that. We, where some of the traits that you're looking for are consistency in, in the win-loss column. Um, you know, I just, it doesn't feel right to me to be talking about a guy that's got a 57-58 win percentage when we haven't had a winning record in, uh, you know, in the last four years of this program, right? So I think, I think that's something that we have to seriously take a look at. Now, the fine line is, and why Trev and the search firm have their work cut out is, because that's not the ceiling. You, that's not going to be your ceiling. So you have to be able to, to forecast, okay, upside as it relates to all the things and the luxuries that you're afforded to with this coaching stop, but to not be so linear in your thinking that because they did this here at, at said school, that they'll do that here at, at this particular institution. That's where the rub is. Oh, yeah. And that's any coach, though, right? I mean, you could say the same thing about Lance Leipold. Yeah. Um, is he going to carry over what he's been doing at Kansas? Can Matt Campbell, if that's a direction people want to go, do the same thing he did at Iowa State? Every coach out there, I think, kind of carries that on their back. And it's, are they going to get that monkey off of their back when they get here and do the recreation method? The reason I like Rule, though, for that reason is he did it twice, right? So As, that, has, as has Leipold, somebody right. like and, that, and, right? And Leipold has too, of course. Uh, so, but that's, I was also high on Leipold last week. I'm just high on rule right now because now he's on the market, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, now, you, I didn't even get to finish my thought of why I think Mickey Joseph could stand a chance. He, Aside from Matt Rule, uh, he's also overly committed to this program, and, and that's just well known with you know his, his history in Nebraska. I, I don't really have to go too much into detail there. Now, the one point that DB did bring up is, of course, you know, set aside the wins and losses. If this guy wins six games and gets to a bowl – uh, I'd have to factor him as our next coach. Yeah, there's. I don't. I don't think there's any question about it. No. So, um, it, it, there's a possibility. At first glance, it looks like there's no shot of six wins in the grouping of Big Ten juggernauts that lie ahead. But uh, as we sit today, like I said, Michigan seems like the only L right now on the on on the schedule. Like yeah. if I had to just mark one off right now, the other ones question marks. Wisconsin, not in the same boat as I thought they would be in this year, although Jim Leonard and that team had a fantastic week against Northwestern. Uh, I, Iowa's nowhere near as good as they were once was. Thank goodness their defense is keeping them in most games. But something to keep in mind, right? As the new transfer portal rules are in the mix of college football, uh, the early signing period coming up uh, mid to late December. If you wait, if, if Trev does decide to wait after that Iowa game, you have what? Less than two weeks to figure out, hey, this is who we're going with or it's Mickey Joseph, right? Mm. So you got to be quick. And he knows that. He's a smart guy. He, he definitely, he's, he's playing his cards right at this point, letting Mickey have the rest of the season, see what he does. And uh, if, if he goes far, then maybe it's a great thing for Nebraska. Now you're 10 days, 14 days ahead of the game when it comes to uh, player meetings and, and recruiting and things like that. The proverbial win-win. Mm -hmm. Keep it in-house. Keep it in-house. I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good look at uh, how 
Nebraska responded in the second half against Rutgers. We, of course, I, I of course, threw out a hot take that Matt Rule's the number one option. DB doesn't agree, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, right? <laughs> a, a sign of things to come. Agree? Yeah. Or disagree. Right. That is the question. Right. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday uh, with some more hot takes leading into the Purdue matchup. Uh, 2 and one Big Ten West teams. Big game for Nebraska as we head down the stretch of the season. DB, Andrew Rogers. That's hot takes on Herd at Sports.